What is up, Fight Fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. I am your host, Olin, aka MMA Anomaly, and with me as usual is the co-host with the most. You might know him as Live Jive, you might know him as Emiliano, you might know him as the Jive Turkey, Nano himself. How we doing, Nano? Woo! Feeling good, baby. We're still a little hungover from the excitement of that UFC 292. I'm speaking metaphorically here, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of emotions came out of me that day. So excited for my boy Sugar Sean and new. Who'd have thought, man? There's a lot to cover today, but brother, I am amped up, ready to go. Sugar Sean is the man of the hour. He got it done. Your guy, your guy got it done. Stand up. There he is. Let's go. I'm pumped, baby. Ready to go. Dude. I'm in the midst of getting the stash going here for the upcoming NFL season. Hey, man, we living, we jiving. Let's get is after it. Is that a thing? Does live jive bring feel, out the stash for football season? Feels right. I, I was thinking of going goatee, but I'm gonna try the stash for the drafts, and then if if I like it, then he'll stay. But the draft stash, the draft stash, absolutely. Draft stash, shout out, it's shout out. Draft season, shout out, shout out. You know Let's what we go. got? We got some MMA drafts. We got the boys draft, family draft, and it's a stash season. You know how we do. Absolutely, my guy. Absolutely. Um. Well, that being said, we'll go ahead and jump into this card before we jump into anything football-related, but don't worry, guys. We will definitely be chatting about some fantasy football uh, in the coming days and the coming episodes. So, Stay tuned. jumping forward here, we had a hell of a card in UFC 292. We're going to go over the UFC 292 card, and then we are also going to go ahead and jump into this coming card because this is the only episode of the week, folks. I'm going to be leaving the country. Won't be doing an episode next week either, really. Well, maybe, maybe end of the week. We'll see. We'll see how we feel. Uh, but either way, for now, we're going to jump into the bottom of the card, UFC 292, starting with Andrea KGB Lee coming in against Natalia Silva. That fight went about as I thought it would. My goodness. My what goodness. a performance, huh? What a performance, man. She she came out here. She did her thing. Natalia Silva is a terrifying individual to go against. And not only did she go out there and beat Andrea Lee, but man, she almost made it look easy, didn't she? Absolutely. I don't know. I was adjusting my chair here because I was getting ready to get my hips loose. She was uh, throwing a lot of hip feints. She was light on her feet, was able to land a lot of strikes. But man, she had that hip thrust down. Uh, here we go. Uh, double up. Uh, uh. Hitting the Dak nice. Prescott. It's <laughs> good. that Dak Prescott, man. She was fainting with the hips. That's how you know she's active, man. It was fun. Great performance on her end. Really frustrated our girl, uh, Andre KGB Lee. Even her coaches were getting mad at her. Hey, we got to get more active. We got to get in her face. You're tougher than that. You're better than that. Go out there. And it's different when you're across from someone like that, who, again, is really fast, was peppering her with those shots, which add up, right? Even if they're just little calf kicks, little feints, all the, I mean, well, again, all the feints and the hesitations, everything, it's keeps you on your toes, right? It's, she seemed to just, couldn't uh, solve the puzzle of Miss Silva. She was, that was a great performance. It was a hell of a performance. Um, and I, I can't add anything else to it that you didn't already say. I mean, she was moving her hips. She was just showing a lot of feints, setting up a lot of things, making sure she was testing those twitch movements out for Andrea Lee and um, broke her nose early on. It started leaking like a faucet. Honestly, just surgical work from Italia Silva in there. Um, the big question is what's next? For, for Natalia mm. Silva. She was not ranked going into that fight. Now she's number 13. Oof. So you got to think they're going to want to push her a little bit harder now. Um, how how hard is too hard, though? Like, do we want to 
do it between the top five and the top 10, we have names like Lauren Murphy, Macy Barber, Jennifer Maya, or do we want to push her like with the Icarus effect here and just feed her straight into a uh, Caitlin Chukakian? Whoa, here we go. The old school versus uh, the new school, huh? I like that a lot. That's a fun one. There are a lot of great names. I think that's the fun part about uh, someone like Natalia Silva winning this matchup. And even Kareen Silva as well, who was also on the card, is now in the top 15. The Silvas, man, the from Brazil. Had a great uh, show in the Brazil, Brazilian Silvas, man. You Who would have thought, huh? Not the first time we've heard that. Probably not the last. <laughs> don't think uh, so. Don't think so. But yeah, man, like you said, a lot of fun names up there. I mean, in Amanda Rebus, a Macy Barb, if you want to launch her all the way up there. Whew. Kaylin Chukagan, that is huge. I mean, from 13 to 5, that's tough. That's tough. Even because, you know, Andrade is still there. I'm not saying that's there. the direction we should go. I'm just saying it's an option. <laughs> Maybe Macy Barber, right? I mean, that is a fun one. I'm trying to see if she has she's anything coming eight, up. And I she's think that's a really she good just option. fought in June. Yeah. Had a great win over Amanda Hebus. Um, or Rebus. I don't know if how to Hebus, exactly. Hebus, Hebus the Shebus. Hebus the Shebus. And she a uh, Either one of those girls would be a fun matchup. Maybe Macy Barber, if you're thinking, hey, this is kind of to test those skills. I will admit, I think that style, it's, it's going to be interesting. Interesting testing her out against that elite strikers of the top five of the top 10 in terms of her just you know keeping her body so straight her neck was out there her hands were down chins up you know that that that, that may not fly with every fighter in the division so i don't know if we want to launch her all the way up it might be a a, a hard fall right if you rise up quick it's going to be harder your fall but uh hey she is still young and you got to measure her somehow right no, absolutely. I mean, uh, and, and here's the thing. I think truly that she does have the skills to compete with the top contenders. That hands down uh, head up style is very TKD, very Taekwondo. And that's that's her bread and butter. That's where she comes from. Uh, so to be expected to some extent, I uh, I do think that she has a very Wonder Boy style about her. And uh, I'm here for it. I, I love to see it. Um, typically, the the point fighter styles are, are seen as boring or safe, but she, she makes it look nasty the best way and a lot of the champs and a lot of the elite talent are all strikers it's starting to become a strikers world right now i'm loving it we'll dive more into it but that seems to be what's happening absolutely i mean that couldn't be a better segue into the next fight speaking of a strikers delight a strikers world call it what you may call it what you like either way brad katona versus cody gibson may have been the best fight i've seen as far as just all out guys leaving it on the canvas since tough season one finale Stefan Bonner versus Forrest Griffin it felt very reminiscent of that man that's the only valid comparison that you could put that's the that's the pedestal it's on that's the that was the the class of fighting that we had man legendary stuff two got two warriors in there I know one might have been a new prospect one might have been the vet both of them look like dogs okay that was two street dogs in a street fight man there were exactly 600 strikes thrown between the two of them in a 15 I mean, the pace, minute fight. And you know, it, and it was interesting to see. I guess it, I think that's kind of the stamp that the Ultimate Fighter or even like the Contender Series needed to show that, yeah, like that speed and that um, pace of fighting, it may feel different in an Apex or during COVID or at maybe I hate to say like lower level, but maybe guys that aren't as well known, like they are a little bit more willing to throw caution to the wind. But that pace, I mean, to to uh, sustain that for 15 minutes was absolutely bonkers. I mean, they both set records. It's like, come on, and they're they're it was insane. 
yeah for for the ultimate fighter you know uh title you can call it but aside from that man they both fought for their lives right for their namesake for that potential contract and uh, apparently dana white was getting a lot of tweets or texts like from people close or just in general saying hey you better sign that kid cody gibson so he's gonna find a way to sign him so we'll be seeing more of him let's go they they signed him already they signed him yesterday or or maybe sunday i literally was tweeting it as soon as the fight ended i was tagging dana white i sent cody gibson a message he responded to me at like five in the morning the next morning like Dude, shout out and I literally in my message I was like bro hold your head high because you literally should be nothing but proud like that was one of the best fights I've ever seen and thank Dude. you for leaving it all out there come um, on the pod and teach us some lessons brother please please, please. <laughs> and, and guys like I also tweeted about this if you're listening if you're watching um, no matter what like the lesson to be learned here and something I want everybody to take away is when you watch these fights don't just reach out to and tweet about the winners Talk about the guys that lost too, because those guys put it all out there. They left it all on the line and they had just as much to lose and just as much to gain. These guys were both fighting for contracts out there in their livelihood. And dude, like don't, don't just give Brad Katona his cheers, like give him his cheers, but fuck man, Cody Gibson outlanded him in significant strikes. He still lost the fight. He landed at a 10% higher clip on significant strikes thrown. He still lost the fight. Give that guy his praise. Give that guy his flowers. He set records out there. Couldn't agree more, brother. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, he put they put on an absolute show for us. We're spoiled. Uh, that was a great, you know, start off for the card. It felt like, you know, obviously once you start getting into the prelims and um, into the main card, it was like, oh, this is you knew it was gonna be a special night, even from just that performance alone. That could have been on the main card. I would have paid. Would have been worth every penny. Um, yes. And like you mentioned, man, I mean, the, the pace, the heart that they shown, um, the high IQ. I mean, it was it was phenomenal. Like, I'm curious to see where they mark in the division. Which is so stacked, right? I mean, I was going to say it's a stacked division, but I also wouldn't be upset in the least if they put either one of these guys in the top fifteen. Yeah, or give them that measuring stick. Whoever's yeah. that there in that you know like, thirteen give to fifteen Chris range. Gutierrez, give them an Adrian Yanez. I'm not yeah. mad at seeing Chris Gutierrez versus Cody Gibson. I'm not mad at seeing Adrian Yanez versus Brad Katona. Yeah, the name's hot. They both are coming off fire performances. I mean. Yeah, I would love to see I'd it. Fight, I'd want to fight one of those guys if I was a bantamweight in the UFC in top 15. Yeah, and take the name and run with it. Take the momentum. Yeah, you know it's going to be a barn burner. You know it's going to give you some extra eyes. Yeah. Take it, especially yeah. if you're confident and think you can beat them. But fuck, yeah. good luck. Those guys are studs. Dude, it's, I mean, it's a stat. The bantamweight division all of a sudden has a lot of ex- excitement, a lot of juice behind it. That 155 division as well, man. Talking if we I no, was just migrate about into to the say, should we migrate in? Segway on in. Speaking of a speaking of a, a weight class that's back, like it never left. It's got to be one fifty five. It's got to be lightweight, baby. Jeez, because um, we got some boys that put on a show for us again, man. We got Great a young performance. man bringing the hurt, whose name is Kurt. Kurt the hurt. Hollabach. Hollabach. I told man. you. Ooh, I told you guys that was the underdog, and that's why I hit, baby. That was the come on. That was the parlay right there. That's um, it. That's it. That's all you need. Makes baby. sense. Um. So. Kurt Hollibaugh went out there. He put it on him. Big fan of Austin Hubbard. Austin Hubbard put his toes in the cage three times in that sequence. I, I literally, I called you. We, we talked about it during, talked the, about during it. the replay. Yep. Um, in doing so, Kurt was able to scramble while being reversed or while being swept due to the, the feet in the cage. And he just pulled out a beautiful, beautiful submission when he ended up 
transitioning exactly as he needed to. It looked like he was going to get an arm bar in on him for a second, but then he just quickly transitioned to the triangle choke from the bottom. And I mean, he almost put Austin to sleep. It was just absolutely beautiful. But before that, it's not like Austin was up on any scorecards. He was, uh, you know, 61 to 85 on total strikes and 44 to 61 on significant strikes. Kurt was doing exactly what his nickname says and putting the hurt on Austin Hubbard. Uh, what were your thoughts on that fight, man? How did you feel about Kurt's performance? Brother, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I'll add a little bit of color that, you know, at that end, the scramble was really fun to see. Again, some high-level uh, boxing, you were saying, some high-level striking, and then some high-level jujitsu, high-level ground game, right? And Kurt capitalized. He showed us some explosion. Just so smart, so savvy, slick with it on the ground, man. It was really fun to watch. Great performance. I'm so happy for the kid, man. So happy for the kid. I'm excited to see what's next. I mean, again, another stacked division where you you look at that top 15 littered with talent. Even people flowing around the top 25 would be fun to watch. I mean, so many names you could throw at him. Um, I don't know if they if he sustained any injuries. I don't know how beat up he got just from the show and everything, how long he's going to want to take off. But let's get him back in there, hopefully this year, if we can. Yeah, and again, this is one of those guys that I think he's definitely like, he's not a top five fighter quite yet. But I don't think it's crazy to say that he deserves a top 15 guy or at least someone right at the edge of the top 15. A Diego Fajeda makes a lot of sense. Mm. Um, honestly, Matt Frivola is not the type of guy to ever turn down a fight. Steamroller would be a fun matchup we for him. We see some you know, fun boxing in that one. Those Holy two guys hell. are going to bang if they fight. Holy hell. Um, That'd be a fun so one. When Patty the Batty inevitably says no to Steamroller, that's a solid fight. There we go. There we go. Patty's got to get back in there, man. He's been a little quiet. Honestly, I think it's a. I think that's a really, really solid matchup for the man. Um, do you have Why any not? names on the tip of your tongue, dude? You mentioned a few. I, I mean, I like all of those. Honestly, I, I wouldn't disagree with any of them. Let's go, keep it Let's rolling. Go, baby. Let's uh, go. So, moving into the next one, I mean, we won't spend too much time on this because the whole fight lasted less than two minutes itself. Mister Gregory Robocop Rodriguez, he came in there like uh, this young man owed him lunch money. It only took six strikes to get it done. And uh, thank God the ref saved a young man's life on that night. Oh, man. Yeah, it didn't take much. Robocop was looking uh, for some blood, looking for revenge, man. He was fired up. Uh, he has a strong ground game. But, man, if you let a big boy like that get on top of you, only took one elbow. And I, I don't know. Last time I remember seeing an elbow from the top that actually put someone out like that. I mean, he was, like, knocked out, knocked out. <laughs> it was bad. It was scary. Yeah. It was bad. He was, he was, he was done. He was done. Yeah, he's done. The ref yeah. saved that man's life, like I said. Um, yeah, that was special to watch. So yeah, he's gonna be a problem. I don't know who's gonna want to step in there with a uh, good old RoboCop, our boy Gregory. That's a tough one. It was definitely a tough one. It was definitely a tough one. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know who I match him up with. I'd probably slow roll him. I wouldn't roll him right into the top ten, to be honest. I mean, like he's, he's the type of guy that's either gonna knock you out or, or get knocked out by you. Um, so. Speaking of which, we had a guy that has no quit in him uh, named Chris Weidman. It was very hard to watch. Um, I could honestly do with never seeing it again, but I know he's not going to retire. I know he's going to come back, and I know that people are just going to continue to target that leg. I think Dana White's not going to give him another fight. It doesn't matter if Dana does or not. He's going to go to another promotion. Ah. Well, honestly, maybe that maybe that might be better for him. Like just a different, I hate to say, level of 
caliber of opponents, but in a way, I mean, maybe if he goes to Bellator or PFL, he'll be all right. But man, if he goes to one, he might end up getting his face broken like Sage Northcutt did. Yeah, there's some dogs out there. I shouldn't even. I, I said that, and I feel disrespectful because there's a lot of talent in those other leagues. I mean, and, even in Bellator, there's some guys that would eat him. Like, yeah. And after that performance, it's just like I mean, the reality is, and, and Dana mentioned a lot in his press conference or post fight conference, but at you know, what is he, 39, 40 years old? You know, yeah. I think he actually tore a MCL or ACL, one of the CLs. So Definitely he's already going to. So, yeah, I mean, on top of just <laughs> getting actually obliterated on both feet. He literally I couldn't mean, even stand. Yeah, dude was yeah, his feet were probably he was probably walking on stilts, just in, completely inflated, probably even worse now. Yeah, he's going to be in pain for a while. And again, I mean, recovering from another MCL or ACL or PCL. Any of those CLs, man. I mean, that's what six to eight months, maybe a year, depending before you could even do anything. So now you're 40. I mean, come on. You know, Dan, I already mentioned, I mean, it's not going to happen there. So, yeah, I mean, what kind of contract are you going to sign? What kind of I mean, and his big thing, too, like if you look on some of the pre fight, uh, the fight preview or the build up, it was, you know, he wants to like maybe prove something to himself or something to his kids that, Hey, I can go back there and do it. Would have loved to win. That would have been a great story. You know, us Americans love a, a sweet comeback story, but yeah. the reality is just probably rushed it. And, you know, if he does want to have a long, healthy life and be able to mess around with his kids, maybe go to the wrestling matches, be a good coach, be able to just roll around. Like don't get, don't sign another fight. Don't yeah, bare knuckle just, it. No don't do nothing. To. Yeah. No just recover. To. Just recover. He, he's a legend. Um, he's the, the guy that knocked out Anderson Silva. Uh, he was I remember an ex- watching that ex- live. Champ. That was oh, that was sad. It was, that it was, was sad. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> it was amazing. I was going for him. I was going for Weidman. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, okay. Fair, I was fair, the fair. only guy in the Buffalo Wild Wings going for Weidman. Mary thought that we were going to get into a fight with everybody at the <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. I do you remember um, this story? Especially oh when fucking Weidman won. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm sure these sure, guys got fired sure. up, huh? Oh, yeah. Dude, I, I yeah. It was, Let's go. Real, yeah, let's Boy, go. Now. Let's <laughs> fucking go. Who are you saying cocky. like to play with his food? What? What? <laughs> yeah, I told you he was playing too much. He's gonna get caught. What happened? Uh, anyway, I so, told you. What? Oh, I love that. Let's go. Uh, so, you know, oh, I, I was it. I was very tame. I was very yeah, tame. Actually, um, that's that's modest right there. That is super, pretty super tame. chill. Kept yeah, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> Just your uh, typical so, run of the mill shit talk, you know. You know, you know no big deal. Uh, so Brad Tavares <laughs> is the guy that came away with the win. Wow, good for Brad, um, man. He looked great. Crush it. He looked absolutely fantastic out there. Take nothing away from him. I say it's time to get him back into that top ten or top fifteen at the very least. Uh, maybe like a Chris Curtis or an Andre Muniz. Uh, maybe even the Paul Craig. Now that he's down at middleweight, would be a fun matchup for him. Yeah, dude, Paul Craig needs to get back in there ASAP, right? This would be a fun one coming off a good win. Brad's a, a hungry uh, up. And, nah, I want to say up and coming because he's been around in the UFC for a long time. But it's like he's finally here. He put all the pieces together. It's a good performance over a big name. And Paul Craig is another big name in that sweet spot. Like you said, top 10 to top 15 range. Let's make it happen, man. Why not? Let's go. Let's go. I'm excited about it, man. I, I think he's... uh. At, at honestly the best part of his career, he's looking better than ever. And um, even though he just came off of two losses before this Weidman fight, I mean, they were to Bruno Silva and DDP. So not a big deal. Like Bruno Silva has the power to put anybody's lights out. Happens. And DDP, like most people that go to decision against DDP lose. So that's fine. Yeah. Um, 
I in mean, the reality, as I say, I think in that division, I want to see a little bit of a shakeup. You know, it feels same. like that top five has been a bit stale. Let's see some of these guys, you know, get up there, give them a chance, you know, let's throw them in there, see what happens. I agree. Very, very stagnant division right now. I think that that would add a lot of excitement to it, getting Brad Tavares back in that mix. And uh, speaking of adding excitement to a division, Marlon Chito Vera, my guy. <sighs> Our boy. He always seems to find a way, doesn't he? Um, as long oh, as man. he's not fighting somebody named Corey Sandhagen. That's uh, <laughs> fair. He's man. a different beast. Corey Sandhagen is a different beast. Let's be That's honest. Fair. That's fair to say. Um, and and man, Chito looked phenomenal though, right? Didn't he? I mean, Mister Cool Comp collected, kept the same speed. I was a little worried early on. I don't know how you felt like throughout the fight, but Pedro's speed and his pace, I was a little worried about. Even just in terms of scoring, like if he's going to keep up that volume, it might be hard. But dude, that jab, man, uh, Chito freaking peppering that jab, and all of a sudden it compound to. A busted up freaking Pedro. What did you think of the five brother? I thought it was really nice, man. Honestly, um, the the fact that like I, I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried in that first round. The first round, I literally said last week in the episode that Cheeto takes the the first round off. That's what he does. Um, so the the announcers, the commentators saying, you know, uh, Cheeto's looking slow here. Pedro's looking faster than Cheeto. This is not something I saw happening. This is not something I expected. It is something I expected to see. But then as the rounds went on, literally at like the, I don't know, maybe the six and a half, seven minute mark, Cheeto woke up. And as soon as he started peppering that jab and really like dominating the distance control and dictating the pacing of the fight, Pedro, you could tell, like from that point on, it almost felt like the confident kid in the pool. And then somebody turns the tide wave machines on. And that confident kid feels like he's drowning a little bit. And he's just fighting to get back to the center of the pool the whole time. That's what it felt like. Um, you had this fucking cocky kid that just was crushing it for the first six and a half minutes, and they're all, "Oh, you were doing that without the tides turned on." <laughs> Let me just flip on this on switch and uh, let's see how you do. There you go. Yep, everyone's good at uh, two feet, but once again, the deep end. It's a different story. Different story. And this is why I don't swim. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why I'm. You won't catch me in the ocean, my brother. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> so uh, you know. Marlon Chito Vera, he didn't he didn't have me worried at all. I thought he he did exactly what he needed to do, and he did it in the pacing that I thought he was going to do it in. He's sitting comfortably at number six. I personally think he should be closer to number five. Um, but hell, it's a stacked division. You know, you got Aljamain Sterling at number one, Marab Davalos really at number two, Henry Cejudo at number three, Corey Sanhagen four, Peter Yan five, and then Marlon Vera at six. That being said, I think it should probably be Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Chito Vera for the belt next. Let's go. Put some butts in seats. Give the people what they want. Give the champ what he wants. Is there already a great promotion? Great call out. I mean, the build up will be fun. Oh, yeah, it'd be great. Marlon's, I love Marlon Chito Vera, man. He's one of my favorites. And it's, and it's tough to reward him given the fact that he did lose to Corey Sanhagen. And Sanhagen's one of the best. He's already beat Sean once. He has already beat Sean. So there is that grudge match factor to it. Although, if you ask Sean, he's 18 and 0. So. I'm going to stick with the champ there and just say that he's 18 and no, my uh, championship merch is on the way. Don't worry about it. No, <laughs> no, it is on the way though. Seriously. But, the Sugar um, show athletic commission dubs that, that, uh, was a no contest. <laughs> and I'll, I'll sign up with that. That's uh, that's the reality I'll live in, I guess, but no, it, it's interesting. I mean, Mirab wants a so- shot now. Henry's obviously there as well. Another big name could be a fun fight to watch, but Corey, I mean, man, it's, Again, I think it's timing, right? We always talk about timing 
And the reality is Aljamain's not going to get the immediate uh, rematch. I don't think the UFC loves really doing that, really. Um, unless they have to, right? I feel like the UFC does love doing the instantaneous rematch. If they as can. long as it's not for Aljamain Sterling. For most champs that have <laughs> like what, maybe more than like one or two defenses, right? Yeah. Like it feels, you know. I feel like the UFC was looking for an excuse to get Aljamain out of there, but that's another uh, another topic for another episode. Yeah, and probably more so just the pump, the sugar sh- sh- sugar show, that uh, freaking crazy engine that's been cooking up for a long time, but. Yeah, man, that, that'd be a fun fight. Sign me up for it. December, maybe get Connor that card as well, like Sean was saying uh, on the Pat McAfee show today. But we'll see, man. Shakala, that'd be cool. Shakala, that's what that's what Connor said. <laughs> yeah, Shakala. Shakala. Um, <laughs> so I think that means yes in Irish. <laughs> pretty, pretty sure that means yes. Uh, so I mean, yeah, Marlon Marlon Vera versus the new champ Sean O'Malley. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, We'd be remiss if we skipped over this next one. We'll talk about it briefly. Mario Bautista coming in against the short-notice stand-in and Demond Blackshear. Again, I hate to say I told you so. This went exactly as I said it would go on the episode on Saturday. Like He had nothing to lose. He's coming in on short notice against a game fighter. I thought that he might be able to land some big strikes with the reach advantage that he had. He did. He actually outlanded his opponent on significant strikes and on total strikes um, and on takedowns. It was a very, very close fight, but ultimately Mario Batista ended up doing what he needed to do to secure the win. Um, do you agree with the judges' scorecard? Did you think that there was any debacle there? Like, no, I agree with you, brother. I think uh, Damon definitely started off really hot, landing some big shots. Seemed to be a little bit more of the forward pressing fighter, owning the center of the octagon, getting him, getting Mario down multiple times. But Mario was he was ready to go, man. Super explosive, super fundamentally sound. Um, he was twitchy. He was able to do just enough in the right areas to really weather that storm. And then, like I was kind of mentioning, like you mentioned as well, that quick turnaround, that quick kind of weight cut, everything. Like, what kind of gas tank are you gonna? You know, what percentage are you coming in at? And it really started to show, like in the beginning of that second round, kind of halfway through it, you just felt Mario was owning the middle. He was starting to win on the exchanges. Was able to get him down, own, have like uh, more of the control time, and and I felt like Mario was the better fighter when it came to that last round. He was doing more again, able to get him down multiple times, like ground and pound, just win in those positions. Um, overall, he he yeah, great performance. MMA Lab Arizona, they're cooking up some uh, some prospects out here in the desert. Man, it's hot. Absolutely, man. I, I definitely agree. Um, Everything you said is spot on. I thought Devon Blackshear had a really, really, really solid first round. He went 80% on takedowns. He threw five takedowns, though. He landed four. Um, across four takedowns, he was only able to secure two and a half minutes of uh, actual control time. Um, and that's two and a half minutes out of the three minutes that he accumulated in the totality of the fight. He got 27 seconds of control time in round two and five seconds in round three. And that's on another two shots for takedowns going 0-2. Now, his opponent, he also outlanded his opponent 29 to 19 in the first round on significant strikes and 38 to 27 on total strikes. Across the rest of the fight, however, his opponent outlanded him um, on significant strikes in the third round. It was a lot closer in the second round, but ultimately, DeMond did outland him. However, Mario Batista had uh, almost three times the amount of control time. So, and then in the third round, I mean, he had two and a half, or no, two minutes and 44 seconds of control time did Mario Batista. So, in a five-minute round, you control me for almost three minutes. You beat me. Um, yeah. At least for that win. round. And that was the case for more often than not. So, 
I agree. Mario Batista, he went in there, he got it done. Um, solid showing for him. He's another bantamweight. I, uh, I'm curious, like, do you have anybody on the tip of your tongue for him or? Again, that's a stacked division, isn't it? It's, it's really tough to, um, think of someone outside of the top 15. Cause I don't know if we necessarily throw him up there just yet, but another person that's floating around, you know, you got to look at the timing. Nobody's coming to mind. I don't know if you have anyone that you're thinking of, but. Well, I mean, it, it's, I, I'm just going to throw this out here, man. You got to give him somebody in the top 15. Ooh. You fucked him on his UFC debut and gave him Corey Sandhagen. Oh, is that, is that his first? That was yeah. his UFC debut. Come on. Oh, that's that's like, that's one of two losses in the UFC that he has. That is tough. That's fair. And I mean, come he on, was supposed Slim to, Pickens, bro, give up somebody in the top 15. That's fair. Cause and he was supposed to fight Cody Garbrandt. Who's right there as well. I mean, I don't think Cody's still, no, he's not ranked. Cody's, so. Cody's not ranked, but he's a household name. So at the very household least, name. you've got to give him somebody like a Ricky Simone or even a Jonathan. I think Jonathan Martinez and him would be a very fun fight. Oh, I think that's the name right there. I was going to say Guapo. I know we mentioned him earlier though, but yeah, I mean, he, Martinez does have a win over Nomago Medoff, which was a really fun fight. Really uh, interesting fight for him, for them both, I should say. I mean, that's that's big stakes. I'd love to see it. Mario Batista's a dog. I think Mario Batista is the one, man. I think that'd be a really, really fun fight. Like uh, Mario Batista coming in against Jonathan Martinez. You know we're going to get a really fun boxing match with very intriguing grappling exchanges just kind of mixed in there. Just sprinkled in. Sprinkled oh, in yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice little touch. A little salt and yeah. pepper. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's the match to make. So moving into the Coco main event, we had Ian Gary coming in uh, against Neil Magny. Again, just doing his best Conor McGregor impersonation throughout the entire week, coming up with a, a false narrative to make himself feel like a, a superhero coming in here against the child abuser and Neil Magny, apparently. Um, don't understand how he latched on or why he latched onto that so much, but uh, honestly, if, if I had to sum this up, this entire fight in one sentence, I would say one of the best performances of his young career completely ruined by a post-fight disrespect. That's a good call out. That's a great call out, brother. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just, it was one of those things. I think, and it's tough when you put so much pressure on yourself, right? Like all the hype, I mean, the call outs, the big talking, going to the pubs. And, you know, I think everyone was looking for that that statement finish, right? I mean, and, and we all know Neil Magny's tough, but it did kind of feel like, he, you know, Ian might have been playing with his food a little bit. I mean, I would have just been obliterating that leg, right? I mean, why do anything else outside of just tearing that thing apart until it's a stoppage by leg kicks? That's a statement. That's fun to say, I just make you tap out on your feet because you're a puss and <laughs> you have no calves or whatever. Like, I, you know, maybe that's a fun way, but the flipping off and everything. Yeah. Like post fight, it just was like, ah, oh, man, I don't, I don't love seeing that. You're trying to be a role model. The flipping off's not ideal. You know, I know you're fired up, but just like you beat just the guy. a blatant disrespect. Like you said, you already beat the guy. Like there's just no reason to act that way after the fight's over. And I mean, if, if you want to be tough, you want to be a big guy, like finish him, finish the fight. Um, Make yeah, put yourself at risk him. a little bit. Take a exactly. shot to give one. Like, you know, I understand, you know, you you look pretty. You haven't taken a shot at it, and that is great. But, yeah, I mean, with that kind of crowd, this kind of night, I mean, everything considered. And, again, I mean, you, you had a wounded dove in there. Like, brother, take him out. You know, take him out of his misery. Do something. <laughs> damn towel. Yeah. yeah, do something. 
but now all, all all things considered i mean he's a sad i mean he's he's a talented kid he's he's definitely on his way to be the next guy right i mean um you look at the division now i mean and where he's at currently i mean sh- shit man i mean a lot of doors a lot of doors can be open for him i'm curious to see who you think he'd make a good match with i know he called out Stephen wonderboy thompson but that's i think i don't know why i already got declined or maybe wonder boy declined wonder it. Boy is that what no. dana said i wonder why I mean, just, at this point in his career, for Wonderboy, you got to think he doesn't want to fight these up-and-comers, and he shouldn't have to. Fair. Um, he probably either wants, like, a, a couple more legend fights or a couple fights that make sense to get him to the title. And That's the thing. He's Ian probably Ian looking Gary, up. Yeah. You, that doesn't get you to the title. Yeah. If Ian Gary beats him, it gets him two fights away from the title. But if he beats Ian Gary, he's no closer to the title tomorrow than he is today. Yeah. And I wonder what they're going to do with Joff Neal. I know they're supposed to fight. Like, do you run that back? I mean, Vincente Luque is another person that's just coming off a win. He is one spot ahead. I would probably try and run much. the Joff Neal one back. I feel like that would make yeah. a lot of sense. Uh, Vicente Luque makes sense too. But again, I don't know if... I think Vicente Luque would kill Ian Gary. Um, Ooh. I do. Uh, I also <laughs> I think they train together. Who is that? Vicente Luque and Ian Gary. Don't they both train at Killcliffe? I mean, dude, I'm looking at this roster. I know he does with Gilbert Burns, and he has trained with Shafkot. So it's like I might train with all of them. They all might train together. I don't know. Well, Gilbert Burns <laughs> trains there, too. Who's in his corner, they, yeah. So he's there. Well, Vicente trains with Gilbert Burns, too, I think. So, like, yeah, so, I mean, I, train together. Tough. Uh, that does make it extremely tough. But something's going to give at some point, I mean, right? you got to fight I mean, each other, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're below, you're not looking down. I mean, Gilbert, Shavkat, Kamzat, I, literally everyone's taken. I mean, maybe Sean Brady. That's someone who just it's probably a really winnable fight for Ian Gary, if I'm being honest. And he does have I a mean, dance yeah. partner. 15 and 1 record. That's maybe you, you could build it around that. You know, the American boxer from Philly, you know, good record, just one loss. Um, that could be something. I mean, tough for, tough for Sean Brady, but. That's on both sides. I mean, but honestly, it's winnable. Me and Gary, I mean, he's he's got some chinks in the armor, man. I mean, again, I mean, he didn't prove that that killer instinct to me yet. No. Um, but I know some of the commentary was around like him not like uh showing any uh what is the word telegraphing of his punches or strikes, which there maybe was the, was, oh, yeah, there, there was no tell on his kick, is what they kept saying. Um, right. And that's why Neil Magny had such trouble blocking it. His punches, I feel like he actually telegraphs quite a bit. Um, yeah, he loads up a little bit into it, right? It's kind of, you know, you can, you can tell. I'm sure if you're in there, if you're looking for your cues. But, and he's hittable. The kicks, so, the that'd kicks be a fun are one. disgusting. His kicks are very oh, quick. Man. There is no tell on him. Uh, but he, he, like you said, there, to your note, there there's chinks in his armor, right? Like, he keeps his head very high on the center line. Um, he When he does get hit, has a tendency to just flare back with his head wide up. Or, like, like right up, right? Um, Chan in the air, hands down. He's, he. I think he has a feeling that he's unknockoutable, and he he hasn't really had his chin tested that much. So, you give him a, a one of those testaments of a fight. Maybe even a Sean Brady could put him on skates. And that's the thing. I mean, if you get him moving backwards, you know, everyone's heart. Uh, you have less tools at your disposal when you're moving backwards, unless you're a really good counterpuncher like our boy Sugar Sean. But it's it's tough when you're moving backwards. And yeah, if you got a forward. Uh, pressured fighter that's gonna 
you know, put it on him instead of a Neil Magny kind of bouncing around, bouncing around, doesn't want to stay in the pocket. Sean Brady will stay in there and exchange with them. He'll be in the pocket and he'll push him back. And that's a side. That's a Ian Gary scenario or challenge. We haven't seen yet, but we, we might need to see that before we start talking about top 10. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, and honestly, moving into the next one, we won't even talk about this one for that long. It was one way traffic. It was as one way traffic as one way traffic could be. Um, Amanda Lemos did have two moments of, of kind of scariness for Wiley Zong, or, but probably not the two darts chokes that she tried to pull. Um, close, Wiley but not close did enough. Exactly what she needed to do. She dominated this fight in every facet of the word. And, um, I, I don't know what's next for her. I don't care what's next for her, but I'm going to watch it. She'll probably kill somebody else. Yeah, I'm surprised she's not pound for pound number one after that performance. I know Alexa Grasso has it currently, and maybe that's because of the nod over Valentina, who was historically up there with Amanda Nunes as the pound for pound ever greatest. You know, we're talking the greats of the greats here. Um, But all that considered, I mean, man, for Zhang, I mean, maybe she's going to wait for a Xianan Yan fight, you know, in China or something like that. I know that was some talks we were hearing. I was hearing in some of the post-conference conversations or I'd love to see her go up and maybe challenge Alexa or Valentina, whoever wins. That'd be badass to see her go do double champ status. I don't. I think they asked her about it. I don't remember exactly what she said. If it was a confirmed thing, or if she just kind of left it open, like anything can happen, you know. Or I'm just focused here. But um, JJ Smoke, what's up, brother? We got some uh, chatter here in the chat. I'd like to see her move up and fight winner of Grasso versus Shevchenko. See, that's kind of what I was just saying, brother. Shanko, though, that's winner. I mean, yeah. I don't know how how big or small she would be for that weight class. Like, that's that's kind of the hard thing about it is would she be big enough, right? Um, I think she's certainly strong enough. If I'm being honest, she's she's, she's got enough. the strength. I mean, with most fighters, ten pounds is is significant, right? Um, because. I'm thinking, I mean, I don't know how much weight she must cut. She's, she probably stays in really good shape, right? You hear always hear that. You always hear that she's constantly training, all of that. Maybe she just goes in and is able to just be a super healthy, gets to eat whatever she wants, you know, maybe cuts a five, 10 pounds week of. Like, yeah, because she doesn't look like she cuts a ton of weight. And if that's true, then yeah, you're right, JJ. Like, the, she could definitely go up in weight class. And I think that'd be fun. Her, her and Valentina would be fireworks in terms of striking, in terms of, you know, pound for pound. But I would Alexa Grasso. I think we'd just see a boxing I mean, yeah. match. Oh, that, yeah. That would be some fun striking on her feet. Um, and yeah, because if she tries to get, take Grasso to the ground, I mean, Grasso will get her back. She can. I think the, yeah, I think the grappling would negate it each other. Yeah. And we would just see a fun fucking. A fun striking match in 25 minutes. That'd be the one like right there. Like just a boxing match with four ounce gloves. I'd love it, man. If Alexa can stamp her ticket and, and solidify herself as the better woman here against Valentina, huge statement. That'd be phenomenal i think i might need to na- name my daughter alexa after that no just kidding <laughs> just kidding <laughs> no hints or nothing that was no middle, uh, name. middle name yeah there we go there we go that has a good ring to it but no in all seriousness i mean that that i'd love to see it that brings a lot of excitement to the uh female uh side of ufc so i'm excited absolutely and uh quickly before we jump into this week's coming card um sean o'malley versus aljamain sterling man Aljamain Sterling looked really good. He won the first round. Uh, Sean O'Malley, though, he, um, man, he had his number. He got him to bite on some of the feints. He got him to bite on uh, some of the fakes. And as a result, 
Our guy just, you know, Aljamain leaned in a little bit too far, left his jaw right, wide open. Uh, and what's crazy is in that exact moment where he closes his eyes, Sean sees him bite down on the mouthpiece, adjusts, and hits him in the orbital bone instead of on the jaw lining. Just perfect precision. He truly is like a sniper in there, man. Yeah, his footwork, his spacing, everything he was doing, his side-to-side uh, -side lateral movement was all frustrating uh, for Aljo. Aljo was not ready for that. He even mentioned not really being prepared for the lateral movement, for his speed. I mean, and that accuracy, right? It really didn't take much. I mean, hey, that first round... And, I mean, after learning that Sugar Sean was not able to grapple for six weeks, this dude had, like, some bruised ribs or cartilage, whatever it is. I mean, brother, that could have been all the difference, right? I mean, I did hear his coach, you know, Timbo, mentioned some things about how he's really good at defending the single legs. And, hey, as long as you can, you know, keep from him getting a grip of both of you, both, I guess, a double leg, I should say, like, then you there's some really favorable positions he has really good defense it hasn't been tested much so again we don't think of it that way and again when someone's on the rise like that someone has the notoriety it, it's easy to throw stones it's easy to throw stones and say oh well you can't do this you can't do that easy to root against them but the reality is when it comes down to a fist fight and you have someone that is really really smart with his spacing with his timing and the accuracy and the speed that's what kills, right? It's not just brute strength. It's not just marching forward. And I mean, because again, you can't make mistakes. I mean, we talked about Sugar needed to fight a perfect performance, but we did not give him his flowers in that. Aljo needed to fight a perfect performance as well. That first round was a bit boring. Honestly, not much was thrown. Some leg kicks and the end little scrambles really what gave Aljo, I guess, the, the that initial round. And, and him getting in his head or, or the pressure getting to him about trying to make it memorable, trying to make it an exciting fight, making it exciting. Yeah. Like all this, honestly, in a way, it kind of sounds like excuses, but that also just shows he wasn't focused. And when Sean was walking in, DC scared me when he said that Sean looked a little scared. He might have felt that energy. I thought, though, he looked super poised. The superstar song was sick. Lupe Fiasco. But just the whole time. I thought that was a beautiful walkout song. Oh, beautiful walkout song. So beautiful fitting. moment. So fitting. The fact that they were both Bruce. If I'm Bruce Buffer, I'm doing the head now. I'm right here. And they both are face to face, like muzzle to muzzle. Dude, I was. That was so cool. That visual is so sick. I have not seen that in a long time. I was telling Amy, I don't think. I can't remember the last time I've seen fighters go nose to nose like that. Like during Bruce Buffer's call out. That was fucking sick. It was intense, like, was so, it was intense dude. It was some fire. But Sean was he was ready. He stayed poised. He stayed locked in. Was you know stayed on his feet and and was able to get the finish. Man, now it's the Sugar era. Um, people are gonna second guess shooting on him now. I think this really like scares people, right? I mean, if you're a Henry, if you're a Marab, like, I mean, maybe you think I'll just fight fire with fire, but you're gonna be you're gonna be thinking about it. Like, I don't want to get hit at all because all it takes is one punch with this kid. No, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the thing is it just takes one punch. He is literally the epitome of a sniper rifle um the kid just he he hurts you from every single angle that he touches you uh and that's that's genuinely what makes it so so scary is just his ability to do that to you um yeah man i mean it's it's it's, it's a thing see. of beauty it's a thing of beauty you know and and I'm excited to see what's next i mean again if he gets in there with marlin and you know minus that late kick i mean it's it's going to be a fun war. It's going to be something like Peter Yawn-esque, you know, minus some of the grappling exchanges. I think Chito will be willing to just sit there in the pocket. But, dude, those jabs are no joke. I mean, 
Sugar can't eat too many of those. So I know he's not going to sit there and just trade with them. He's going to be a step ahead. He's going to be the the one leading the dance, right? Because uh, he's master class at spacing, timing, oh, yeah. movement. It all blends together so well. It's it's nasty, and um, he has the confidence now. He has the confidence now. He has the the kind of proof that he needed right on his resume. Uh, yep. And can we just talk about before we move on to the the fights we're going to talk about for this week's card? The significance of what it looked like here, like. Oh, this dude. is O'Malley about to land the ground and pound. This is McGregor about to land the ground and pound. This is O'Malley landing the knockout uh, shot. This is McGregor landing the knockout shot. They were literally almost the exact same thing, just opposite arms. Um, beautiful to see. Shot I mean, collar. Yeah, shot, shot collar. Hey, man, he's, the sugar show's arrived. He's the new it factor. He's the new guy on the block. He's ranked in the top 10 pound for pound now. Um, yeah, I'm excited, man. Congrats, Sugar Sean, my boy. Uh, represent AZ well, Montana well, you know. Uh, represent athletes well, represent the belt well, man. He's a funny guy. Go check him out. He had a really good podcast too, breaking down just his fight week, like how crucial it was to be mentally locked in, have the nutrition there, making sure the weight cut, everything was dialed in. And again, given the circumstances, like didn't get a chance to grapple for six weeks, that the whole camp still got out there, didn't get taken down, and now he's the man. And like his little video, I'm the man. Hey, I'm the man. <laughs> that was so, so funny. <laughs> I can watch it like 10 times in a row. Just, I'm the man <laughs> with the belt in his freaking hotel well, lobby. Obviously, we know who the biggest fan of Sean O'Malley is here on the podcast. It's got to be go. this guy. This guy right here. Uh, Let's go. So, all right, Live Drive, jumping into this week's card. Let's go, um, man. Exciting one. Man, we, we don't all have the to break down Singapore. all these fights. All, All the way in Singapore. Singapore. Uh, we got a 2 a.m. preliminary card and a 5 a.m. main card. Since I'll be on the other end of the world here in Europe, uh, I might actually have it on a, a decent time. Who knows? Sheesh. Might get back from a nice little uh, pasta dinner and have it uh, on the on the telly, you know? Oh, you will. Oh, you will. That'll so, be an um, enjoyment. We, uh, we're not going to go over any of these prelims. I'll, I'll talk about one of them in our, our segment of Bet versus Bet later here at the, the very end of the show here. But before we go over this week's stuff, we got to talk about last week's stuff. Um, you already know your boy had to get it done here. Your boy here had go. to get it done in good fashion. That was the bets. I'll, sh- I'll flash them by here one more time for you. Jeez. Neil Magny obviously was the weak link there, but Natalia Silva and Kurt Hollabach. Woo, woo. Hollabach now. Whoa. You already know what it is, baby. <laughs> you already is. know what it is. Smoking barrel. <laughs> Oh, those bets this- were loaded. Bucky <laughs> <laughs> Moose is still on the show here, though. My goodness, look at that! I mean, Bucky Moose was fucking that, that. That was the uh, face he was making all night long watching those fights, brother. Oh, oh. dude, fired up! Let's go, Bucky Captain's Moose, the man, the business. myth, the legend. You already know that's. I mean, if I'm Captain America, that's Captain America, guys. <laughs> um, so, oh my gosh, phenomenal! That was that was Congrats. last week's bets. Thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. Um, moving into this week's bets, guys, we got a little, uh, little, little action for you. Okay. Da-da-da. We got Nano, Nano playing two units to win eight and me playing three units to win 31.4. We're going hard in the paint. Uh, and we're going to get into that very shortly. So jumping into the main card, we got Paca Porter coming in against Junior Taffa. Um, I mean, this almost feels a little bit like a weird form of deja vu. I don't know if you know this, but Parker Porter, he actually lost two fights ago to 
to Tafa's older brother. That's right. That's right. I actually wrote that. That's the first thing I wrote, brother. Same exact thing. I love where like our heads book. are at. I was like, it's not the Mandela effect, okay? It's not the Mandela effect. He did fight a Tafa. It was just big brother Justin Tafa back in February of this year. <laughs> Something about Paco Porter and these Tafas, man. Not a fan of them. <laughs> not a fan of them. Not a fan of them. Um, Mama Fam said Lincoln bio. Cool, cool, cool. I don't know what that link is, but I'm going to guess there's Pornog in there. If you're into it, check it out. Uh, moving Top into Paco Porter. Speaking of Porter, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> somebody park up Porter. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Paco Porter's. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, anyways, Junior Tafa, he's exactly that. He is the Junior Tafa. Uh, he's the little Tafa. Um, I, I don't know that he's going to have the crazy, strong kind of ability to knock out Parker Porter like Justin Taffa did. I think Junior Taffa is strong. I mean, of his four wins, all the four of them are by way of finish. And, I mean, you fucking love to see that. His nickname is the Juggernaut for a reason, folks. He's got four KOs to his name. But his last fight is a big loss to Muhammad Usman. Um, you probably recognize that last name because Muhammad Usman is the big brother uh, of Kumaro Usman. He's just not quite as, as dominant, but he still was able to get it done over Junior the Juggernaut Taffa. So I think Pacaporta is going to be able, be able to get it done over Junior Taffa as well. I think he will be too well-rounded, too strong. He has six KOs, three submissions, four decisions. Um, and, and he's just the more experienced, tenured fighter. I mean, this man has twice as many losses as his opponent has wins. Um, and he's he's got almost twice as many or three times as many wins as his opponent has fights. So come on, guys. Come on. Okay. What are we talking Paca about? Porter. We're talking about Paco Porter here. Paco Porter. I love it, man. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. You know, Paco Porter. Had a, a little taste of the old bull. Had a crack at him. Didn't go well. Didn't go well. So he hit the uh, hit the drawing board. Went back to things, and he said, "You know, I'm gonna take a crack at the young calf now." So he's taking a stab at the young calf. We'll see how it goes. Pacaporta, Doble P over here. He's a grizzled vet man um, who, at his best, can do like you said, on uh, well rounded. Can do everything to get on top of you, to hurt you, whether it's on his feet, getting you down to the ground. And just beating the dog pounding the crap out of you. Talking about the you know, hammer fist, a uh, little ground and pound action there. But yeah, again, really grizzled veteran, tough, 13 and 8 record with a mixed bag of different finishings and even being able to go go the full 15, which is impressive as a heavyweight. You know, that, that takes a lot of gas tank for these big old diesel engines to run, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I do think you know, Juju Taffa, I mean, four and one record, he's young. I mean, he's he's a young buck. He did have that lackluster loss to Muhammad Usman, which really just doesn't give me a lot of uh, hope or a lot of confidence if you know to bet on Junior, really because again he got out grappled, he got out muscled by the bigger, stronger guy, and I do think that Pacaport is just going to have more tools at his disposal here, man. I mean, let's be honest. Um, but uh, Junior Tafa, before coming into the UFC, did have a solid kickboxing career. Um, you can see that as a heavyweight, he will move really well. But is that power going to carry over? Can he keep, uh, you know, can he be that little engine that could? Can he keep the motor running? Um, you know, and, and we do know he's training with Mark Hunt, with obviously his brother as well. So he's, I'm assuming we're going to see a good version of him. But I just think Paco Porter is just too much, man. Even though he's 38, I usually don't like betting on the older fighter, especially when there's this, this much of an age difference. But double P, Paco Porter. 
Take to the Back bank. Before it gets it done, let's go, baby. Uh, moving into the next one, we got Aaron Blanchfield coming in against Tyler Santos. This is a pretty fun fight, in my opinion. Um, Aaron Blanchfield has looked really good as of late. Uh, she's looked all but untouchable. Aaron Cold-Blooded Blanchfield. Um, nice vocals. She's, she's, she's on a hell of a win streak here. The, the last time she lost was outside of the UFC to somebody who's currently inside of the UFC, who's named Tracy Cortez. Um, since then, though, she's, she's made it to the UFC. She actually beat Brogan Walker, who you might recognize from Ultimate Fighter, who is now a UFC fighter, uh, before she made it to the UFC. Since then, she's beaten Sarah Alpar, Miranda Maverick, J.J. Aldris, Molly the Meatball McCann, and most recently, Jessica Andrade via rear naked choke submission in one minute and 30 seconds of round two. So, I mean, I think Aaron should be able to get this done anywhere the fight goes. Tyler Santos, though, is a very, very game-bred striker from Brazil. Um, she's a very strong, strong striker, has great distance control, and she has shown in recent fights that she actually does have submission threats that she poses. She got a uh, rear naked choke submission in just four minutes and 49 seconds in a fight with Joanna Calderwood, who is no slouch to any form of this game and has been here for a very long time. Um, I, I personally, I, I don't know exactly how this fight's going to go, but gun to my head, I'd probably say Aaron Blanchfield's submission. What do you think, Nano? Ooh, I like it, brother. We might be doing a shot at a four in the morning here, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean, to give it a little context, I mean, this is a huge women's fight, right? I mean, this is two women fine for the number one contender in the women's flyweight division. We have Tyler Santos, who some people feel like she might have be Valentina Shevchenko, right? Even though she lost on the record books, I think it was a split decision. And, and it was split in terms of, uh, you know, the Twitter verse and, and the Reddit verse and just the general eye, you know, even to me, it, it was a toss up. She did just enough to really earn maybe a, a rematch or just solidified herself as a savage. So some of that is in that elite tier. And this is going to be by far the toughest challenge uh, for an Aaron Blanchfield, right? Someone who, um, you know, now looking at the landscape, obviously that Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, loss looks a little different now that Alex is champ. And if she wins again, then it might be completely irrelevant. Uh, but you can argue that Taylor Santos might have been the fighter that broke Valentina Shevchenko. Talking mentally here a little bit, right? Ooh, okay. Some, hey, I mean, she hasn't looked the same. She obviously just got beat. There's something to it where even if, you know, you win the fight, you, you when you're in there, I think you know whether you won or lost. Regardless of what the judges say. You, you know, and maybe she kind of knew, okay, I, man, the competition is catching up, right? You can only be at the top for so long before another apex predator is going to come up and try and challenge you, right? That young, that young buck. I see what you did there, apex <laughs> predator, because they fight in the apex. That's funny. That's a funny joke. That's a good one. That's a good one. But yeah, brother, again, I mean, um, to give Taylor Santos her flowers, she's going to be extremely tough she's 30 years old she's in her prime not as busy of a fighter not as decorated as the young aaron blanchfield because again i think she's a savage man absolute badass she's earned her spot here she's only 24 years young like she's really trying to do something special does she have the stuff does she have the it factor right can't she go on and, and go on and do historic stuff um again i mean she does have an impressive win over our girl my girl Jessica Andrade, you know, I hate seeing her lose, but the reality was she earned that fight. She earned uh, this spot. And yet again, this will be the biggest challenge in her career. I just, I don't know, man. Taylor just seems like a really, really tough girl. She's really well-rounded. 
you know, for Aaron to win this, she's going to have to use her range. She's going to have to do a really good job of blending her strikes. She's got really good grappling. She's great on the ground. You know, she has four submissions and two KOs as a, you know, flyweight. Uh, but dude, Taylor is no one to mess with. I, I'm, I think really highly of Taylor Santos. I actually think Taylor's going to win. Might be a decision. Might She might be able to get a submission. I mean, it's... I don't know if it's just because I, the youth, you know, and just thinking like, is she ready for this kind of challenge? Um, you know, Tyler Santos is going to be a couple inches taller, a couple inches on the reach. They're both going to be orthodox, both, you know, similar everywhere else stylistically. Tyler Santos does have a, a higher takedown accuracy. I mean, she might just be able to take her down and drown her. We don't know. Yeah. You seem I mean, confident you're, you're though, Aaron. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Talk to me. I, I think Aaron. I think Aaron gets like a rear naked choke over. I've seen Tyler Ooh. give up bad positioning in fights before, especially against people that are less grapplers uh, than Aaron Blanchfield. There we As go. JJ pointed out, though, the Jessica Andrade win is not aging super well. That being said, I mean this is MMA math we're talking about. Like people just match up differently against other people here. I think Aaron Blanchfield is going to be a bad matchup for Tyler Santos because she's not going to be willing to play that game standing on the feet with her. She'll get the game to the ground. She will get the fight to the canvas and she will control and smother her from there. That's how I see the fight going. Um, I, I do think though that like, like you said, there is something to the inexperience of Aaron Blanchfield and I could see it going the other way here. I mean, Tyler Santos is no, is no scrub. She's an absolute beast and uh, she's 19 and two for a reason. Yeah. I mean, I agree, brother. I, um, it looks like we'll be on the other ends of the spectrum here, but again, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Aaron, I'd love to see uh, a young prodigy like this, make your way up to the top and fight for the belt. I mean, that's what it's all about, man. Never know. could be the new youngest champ. Now it's the uh, sugar Sean, but she could be in line. She might be on track. Absolutely, man. And, uh, moving into this next one, I mean, Giga Chikadze versus Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres. I mean, you got the ninja versus Bruce Leroy, guys. And it, like, you know, I'm big on analogies. You know, I'm big on comparing one thing to another thing here. So I got to do it. I got to do it to him, as they say. Um, I've never seen a fight in the UFC look and feel leading into it more like Cobra Kai versus the Karate Kid. Um, like, truly, Giga Chikaze is just like fucking Cobra Kai to the core. Uh, and like, I mean that in in every every facet of the word, like. To the point to where Johnny, you know, Johnny Lawrence, he's this rough, gruff fucking exterior. You wouldn't accept him to be like this emotional guy, but there is a soft part inside of him. Like Giga Chikadze has such a good round kick that they call it the Giga kick when he throws it, but it's just a fucking roundhouse kick. It's just so hard that they call it a Giga kick and, and they're like, oh yeah, this is his kick. But that same guy has a fucking like charity organization where he donates to to cancer research. Like me and Mary have donated multiple times. He's a he's a class act through and through. Um, at International Fight Week, he was willing to do the stare down with me. But again, very Johnny Lawrence of him. He was willing to do the stare down. The second he saw me flex, he literally said, "Okay," and then gets like centimeters from my face and uh does the jump in uh tried to make me up close and personal um, <laughs> i might have a little bit for sure and you know it was it was great like i loved it so again very johnny lawrence across from him you've got bruce leroy the reason i i give him the karate kid dub here is because it just seems like he had to have been trained by mr miyagi guys like the way that he fights he truly fights like bruce lee out there but with the swagger of someone named Leroy, uh, which is probably why it goes by Bruce Leroy. 
Uh, the guy is just an absolute stud. Very light on his feet. The epitome of a flow state fighter. If and when he is in that flow state, he is hard to deal with. And I think that this will be a very, very big test for Giga Chikadze. Um, He's coming off of a big-time unanimous decision loss over the distance of 25 minutes against Calvin Cater. That fight was over a year and a half ago at this point. It was January of 2022. He has had quite a lengthy layoff, recovered, nursed some injuries, and he looks to come back stronger than ever. Um, I personally think that this is going to be a back-and-forth battle, and I didn't bet on this at all. Full disclosure, not even going to pretend. I I don't know that I can make a pick on this one, man. <laughs> I just want to enjoy this one as a fan. That is fair. That is fair. And I think I was a little biased. I think I was taking your fandom and and bundling it up with mine and the, everything you mentioned. I mean, not to like rehash it because I think everything you mentioned about Giga and, and Bruce Leroy, it's going to be a fun strikers match. Two grizzle vets, almost like you said, Cobra Kai season three here or something. Um, but yeah, man, I think it's going to be fireworks. I do think, in all honesty, I think Giga, although he's not as active as Bruce Leroy, I do think that he is been in there with some really tough opponents man he's gotten some dubs he's a threat he's got wins over cub swanson and and edson barbosa before and these these were back in 2021 it's a while ago um but they're both you know knockout victories tko victories he does have a loss to calvin cater in january 2022 so it is a bit of a long layoff here We're, we're close to two years at this point um calvin's a dog i mean to take him to a decision for five rounds that was a main uh card event fight night um that's that says something that that tells me this guy is not to be messed with. And you see him eye to eye. I'm just going to assume you probably saw maybe your life flash before your eyes. So I'm going to assume I'm not going to bet against him. <laughs> uh, he's probably going to do that to Bruce Leroy. Uh, it's going to be some fun striking, but I think maybe closer than that second end of the second uh, beginning of third round, he might be able to start pouring it on him, maybe catch him slipping literally, you know, with some of the kicks and stuff he throws might literally slip and get on the ground or just get him with a good counter, um, just you know, get get him to a finish. But it's gonna be a fun fight either way. I wouldn't be mad, regardless. Yeah, I'm not gonna be mad regardless. I mean, if if Giga comes out there and wins, awesome. He's due for a win right now, coming off this big time loss to Calvin Cater. Uh, he is a threat in this division for sure. He's very young in his career in the UFC. If Bruce Leroy gets a win, I'm not mad at that either, man. As much as I love Giga, a big fan of his inside and outside of the octagon, all the work he does. Um, Bruce Leroy has been doing this inside of the UFC octagon for over 12 years, folks. He made his UFC debut in 2000, uh, 2011. Oof. So, I mean, that, that's a long, that's a lifetime ago in this sport. And he's a been a literal lifetime ago in this sport. And he has been active. Um, he, he entered the UFC and like, the first fight card he was on was UFC fight night 24. Noguera versus Davis. Oh my After gosh. that, he was on UFC live five Hardy versus little. Um, Hardy. And then after that, Those names, he was on Velasquez versus Dos Santos 1 on oh, UFC Fox 1. Great fight. Oh, on UFC Fox. on Fox 1. On Fox 1. He was on the one. first Fox card deal. Uh, oh, that was so, fantastic. Like, again. What a time. Dude has been through three eras of UFC sponsorship. He's been on the Facebook days. He's been on the Fox days. He's been on the ESPN MySpace, days. dude. He might have been on MySpace. Like, bro, like, he's... And when I say Facebook, I mean like UFC. I don't know if you know this. They used to stream their prelims on Facebook. Oh, no. I thought you were just saying like social media. No, eras. when I say the Facebook, I mean three eras of fucking UFC. <laughs> Damn, that's, <laughs> like that's back a... in the day. They used to stream their prelims on fucking Facebook. And then they got a deal 
with Spike, and then they got to deal with uh, Fox, and then they got to deal with ESPN. Oh, that's funny. Oh, well, let's yeah. go. And he fought through, I'm pretty sure, like all of those. I do remember Spike. Games. I think that's the most significant one I remember. But I was still at that age. I think like, they I was were still school. doing prelims on Facebook whenever they were doing the main card on Spike. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I didn't even, I was so unaware of like the deals or just, I would see it on spike. I didn't realize that was just like an exclusivity thing. Like it yes, is nowadays, dude, but wild. that's so cool. So it was cool. wild. Um, so yeah, I mean like you've got somebody in, in Bruce Leroy that's fought everybody. Like he's fought everybody from Jason, the kid Knight back in 2017, oh, you know, shoot. Jason Knight, the Mississippi brawler that we just we cheered go. on this season of tough. That's yeah. so funny. Small world. Uh, yeah, he got submitted by him back in 2017. Um, he's also fought your Martin Bravos of the world, your Chase Hoopers, Kevin Kroom. Like, he's fought everybody. And I'm excited to see this fight. I think, like, again, I can't make a pick on this fight. I just, I, I've met one of them at this point. I'm a fan of him in and out of there. And the other one, I've I've literally fanboyed out every time I watch him because, like, he moves like an anime character. It's, yeah. Like, how can you not watch Bruce Leroy and not be like, this is sick? I do not want the kid to win. I, I agree with you there, brother. This will be a fun fight. We're going to see some great striking here. Tune in, y'all. Even, or, so, or at least, I shouldn't say tune in live, but catch them. Watch the fights for sure. Yeah. Watch the replay. Maybe if, if you don't wake up at 5 a.m., that's okay. But definitely watch the replay, folks. It's going to be a banger. Um, <laughs> yes, you, agreed. You might be awake for this next one, though, because it'll probably be around uh, 7 a.m. Anthony the East Coast. Smith there we coming go. in against Ryan Spann. This, uh, this is a Two. banger alert, man. It's a banger, banger, banger. I'm excited for this I'll one, I'll let you brother. take the lead on this one. Tell us uh, I'll throw my two cents. I'll throw my two cents, man. I am excited, though. This is uh, Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spann 2. Interestingly enough, they do have a previous bout. But I'm going to start with my boy Lionheart here, man. Anthony Smith, still only 35 years old. Feels like he's been around forever as well, talking about these old grizzle vets that have been around since I've been in almost, since I had my per- driving permit. Um, but he's got a lot of fight in him. And yeah, how much does he... I should say, I feel like he has a lot of fight in him and can he display that, right? I mean, he does already have a win over Ryan Spann. I don't know how much of that is psychological, but, you know, as you get older, this was a couple of years ago. Um, my question for Lionheart is, is he still getting better? You know, where is his head at? What, a tra- what kind of trajectory is he looking to go on? Is he thinking the title? There's, there's so much... Uh, inconsistency in that division in terms of the champion. So, I mean, he could be right there. I mean, if he, if he could get a couple uh, strong performances, he is the underdog here in this fight, but I, there's something about these underdogs that I appreciate, man. And again, I do think that even though father time's slowly creeping on my boy, Anthony Lionheart Smith here, um, Ryan Spann, only 30, you know, one years old, only a few years behind him. Um, and you know, if we look at his Ryan span, that is his, uh, fights over the last two years. Um, I mean, we're talking about six different fights. He's gone 50 and 50. It's an even three and three. And none of these fights have gone more than the first round. Um, I find that interesting. I find that concerning for Ryan span. I do think Ryan has the power to put out, uh, Anthony Lionheart Smith. I mean, he's knocked out Dominic Reyes. He has power in those hands. He's like six, four, He's big in there, strong, but he gasses out, man. I mean, the, he's like the definition of gassing out. I, he loses it quickly if you, if you don't get him out of there. And you kind of saw it in their first matchup. Um, he gassed out. Anthony got a hold of his neck, took him out, um, and then was really like angry at him. I don't know what was said there. I don't know if, if Anthony was 
just fired up or or what happened, but there was definitely some animosity after. I don't know if maybe that's why they ran it back just for the narrative, but um, everything considered, I don't know how much better Ryan Spann's gotten. And I think, I don't know how much you can really better your cardio when it comes to like fighting like that. Like when it comes to your gas tank or, you know, I mean, maybe just some serious mental discipline or just really cranking up the cardiovascular, but I just, I'm going to bet on my guy, Anthony Lionheart, man. I think he still has the dog in him. Um, I think he still knows what that the reality is. He's maybe a couple wins away from being right back in the conversation. Glover takes Sarah is just a champion at 42. I mean, dude, why, why the hell not? What do you think, brother? What are your thoughts on this one? I'm going Lionheart on this one too, man. I agree with every single thing you said. Uh, I, I think there's probably a little bit of mentality that goes into a fight. If you have somebody that has a win over you, I know, I was getting paired up with the guy that had my number every Saturday before and sparring. I was, I was taking that big gulp, uh, you know, internally and just telling myself, well, fuck, here we go again, bud. You're about to get creamed. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> bite down hard, <laughs> like bite down on the mouthpiece and just eat it. Cause you know, five minutes till you're into the next, uh, next partner to spar with here. Um, I think it's going to be no different here for, for Ryan Superman's fan. Big fan of his, uh, Obviously a Superman fan here, folks. Let's go. Say. Uh, but, you know, I um, at the same sentiment, I uh, I think Anthony Smith gets it done. Even though he is coming off of two back-to-back losses here, they're to, to Michael Van Ankalaev and Johnny Walker, and Johnny Walker couldn't put him away. He had to get the decision over him. Um, He also turned Johnny Walker into a wrestler. So I'm intrigued. I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it goes. But gun to my head, I'm saying Anthony Lionheart Smith by submission, probably in the first or second round while they're still dry. Yeah, seems to be Ryan's track record. He doesn't make it out the first, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lean that way as well, brother. This gonna be a fun fight for as long as it lasts. Absolutely agree with that. And speaking of fun fights for as long as they last, folks, this main event has Banger City written all over it. We got Max Holloway coming in against the Korean Zombie. We have a man who is known to throw and land more strikes than anybody else in the entirety of the sport uh, when he fights versus someone who is nicknamed the zombie because he won't go down. Um, I mean, I just think that someone's going to set records in this one. There might be records set on both sides. Uh, one for the most strikes absorbed in a fight, one for the most strikes thrown in a fight. Um, and then the craziest thing is like, Chan Sung Jung can absorb 872 strikes and then win the fight with one second to go with, with a submission. So, I mean, like, that's the craziest thing about this fight is that zombies never out of the fight until he's genuinely dead. And you know what they say? Zombies, you got to put one of the head and then you want to double tap just to make sure they stay down. That's pretty much how Chan Sung Jung is. So, um, I hope, uh, I hope Max Holloway either brought a gun or an unlimited ammo hack for his fucking fists because he's going to need it. And, uh, on the other side, I mean, Chan Sung Jung just needs a an opportunity to get on top of Max and make this a gritty, grimy grappling match um, and really test Max Holloway's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I love that, brother. I love that. I mean, yeah, that's maybe his one of few paths to victory for our boy Korean zombie out here, man. Um, but hey, I, I want to talk about Max here a little bit. I just want to give you know, the the listeners here a little bit of a narrative. I mean, our, our, our boy Max, how he got here. Let's not forget, even though he's maybe not as relevant in today's day and age or today's, you know, pound for pound conversation, the reality is, man, he's one of the best fighters of all time. He's one one of my, one of my favorite fighters of all time. Um, we got two legends here clashing in our main event for this fight night in Singapore. 
Um, but this will be, you know, 25 minutes of elite level striking. It will eventually be a domination, yet another clinical performance from our boy Max. Always bless, never stress Holloway. Um, yeah, let's go back to 2011 here, right? 11 years ago, he was the youngest fighter on the roster when he made his UFC debut on a short notice bout 2A. I'm going to give you bonus points if you know who this is. Dustin Diamond Poirier. Took it on short notice. UFC debut was the youngest on the roster. Came in. He lost. Things happen. After that, in 2012, onwards to 2013, he beat a bunch of dudes. Beat them up badly. So then, that all led up to his match in 2013 against Conor McGregor. For the Conor McGregor show. He lost. It's unfortunate for my boy Max. But he didn't let it get him down. He kept chugging along. Kept mastering the process. Kept trusting the process. Mastering his skills. Staying blessed. Staying non-stressed. Three years later, he goes on to fight Anthony Pettis for the interim featherweight championship. He beat him. He beat him up bad. I loved Anthony Pettis. But Max showed that he's a better fighter. No more, no, more, no more McGregor in this division. No more Dustin Diamond. It is now Max's time. 2017, he then earned the unified belt and beat Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo, a legend, the OG. He beat him. He dethroned the top G. Hey, Luna, I'm talking here. She didn't like that one. In 2019, he attempted to chase the double champ status for the vacant lightweight title against ARA familiar face, Dustin Poirier. He lost again. Dustin's got his number. Dustin's a dog. We know this. But it's not about Dustin. It's about Max and his perseverance. After that, he came back. And after two canceled fights, he finally had his match with Frankie Edgar. And they squared off. He beat him. Further solidified himself as the man. And then this is the point where you scratch the record and then Volkanovski comes in and starts dancing all over his parade. Not even dancing, because Volkanovski doesn't dance. He just shadow boxes in the club. But uh, <laughs> Volkanovski came with the picture and single-handedly knocked Max off the Mount Rushmore fighters here in the UFC and just put his you know happy little bald head in there. Uh, <laughs> the reality is here, man, that was my fun little uh, story time. The reality is Max is an all-time great. I mean, his, his path to be here... He's beat up anybody and everybody at a high velocity, at a high clip. You put him in front of him, he knocks him down. Um, he's a great fighter, all-time great fighter, and just seems like an all-time cool, solid dude. Like, outside the octagon, like, I'd want to go surf with him, you know, maybe have some Mai Tais, maybe have some, you know, some medicine, and um, just chill, you know? Maybe have him beat me up a little bit, I don't know, hopefully. Uh, but I just don't see a lot of scenarios that he loses this weekend. You know, the question is, how dominant is it going to be? I mean, there's a five-year difference between the two fighters. I think the speed, the counter-punching, Max is just overall ferocity. We might see another Calvin Cater moment where he's telling everybody, reminding us, I'm the best boxer on UFC. Like a ninja out there. Max is going to look great. Always stressed. Oh, always stressed. Always blessed. Never stressed. Uh, always stressed is what Korean Zombie is going to be feeling that entire 25 minutes or as long as it lasts. He can't take 800 punches like you mentioned, but I think Max might set the record for most punches to the face. And that is my story time. Thank you. Honestly, that was absolutely beautiful. Um, just truly, truly. Just well, well, a lot of names. well said. A lot of names. You did your homework. And we love to fucking see it, man. We truly do. We truly do. Um, 
you know, I he agree was supposed to fight Khabib, said. but he lost. He wasn't able to. I mean, I mean, I think we, I think we can all admit he probably dodged a bullet there. Um, yes, that's facts. And you know, we'll just leave that there. Uh, that being said, as a Korean zombie fan, um, I'm I'm a big Korean zombie fan. I've been a fan of his for for many many years. Uh, he is someone else who's also fought just uh, Dustin Poirier. He actually had the win over Dustin Poirier. Uh, he got a Bravo choke over him back in May 15th, 2012. Um, and I mean, again, that headlined the card. He was headlining cards, Korean Zombie and Poirier, back in 2012. So, studs. Uh, studs, and, OGs, Hall of Famers. These OGs are, are taking it up and they're fighting the OGs that were coming up at that time still. In Max Holloway, who is now the OG of today, right? Um, so, gonna change the music here. Something a little bit darker, something a little bit sadder. Oh no! Korean zombie, so. Korean zombie. I think his career may come to an end on Saturday um, at like seven thirty a.m. Um, U.S. time, Pacific Standard Time. Uh, it, it has been a long fabled career. It has been a beautiful career. Um, from Sengoku fights to WEC to the UFC. Again, this man was here for it all. He was here for the Fuel TV era. He was here for the Facebook era. He was here for the Fox era. And I think it might end here during the ESPN era. Whether it's win, lose, or draw on Saturday, all I can say is thank you for the memories, Korean Zombie. Thank you for always leaving it all on the canvas. And thank you for your never say die and never say quit attitude. And you're courageous to step up against every single person in that division in the UFC. Chan Sung Jung, if I had a hat on, my man, I would tip that hat to you. What a guy. What a career. And with that being said, folks, it is time for us to jump into a little bit of bet versus bet stuff here. Um, nice. So, I mean, Nano, let's uh, let's see here. Let's see what we got for the people. Let's here see what we, we got go. For the people. Um, yes. I am coming off a loss. Is, uh, I'm just going to get that out there now. But you know what? It's okay. That's okay. It's time to, when, when you fall down, it's uh, time to pick yourself back up. That's what we're going to do here. Okay. Let's, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and get Nano a little, a little fun lead in here. Let's get Nano a little good lead in here. Here we go. Let's here, go. Nano. And we're back. So, you're going to see my picks. I'm uh, stuck between a rock and a hard place here, okay? I divvied up my basket, okay? I thought to myself, you know what? The jive turkey needs to spread the love, you know? We are not chickens. We don't put all our eggs in one basket. I'm going to keep gobbling. I'm going to keep it moving. I'm going to go for the layup here. I'm going to get a couple unis to win back a few more unis, okay? 4X, what I'm looking for here. Uh, I'm going to start on the left-hand side. We got a 3 at parlay we got a couple we got a few pickums here we got three of them my three dogs that i'm going with my three turkeys that i'm laughing and driving with this weekend we're starting off with giga chikadze okay giga, giga, yeah chicka chicka pick a pick a what uh that's my boy you know i think i'm taking i'm putting my fan cap on here i should have been on i should have put my fandom on the line should have put my money where my mouth was last week should have put it all on sugar sean but i didn't so i'm learning my lesson okay i'm gonna put my fan cap back on here 
and I'm a bet on my boy Giga Chica Chica Yee Fika Fika. Okay, he's a ninja out there. I do think he has a skill set. I do think he has the pedigree to go out and get a win. Don't know how it's going to get done, but he's going to figure it out. Okay, so I look forward to waking up to this bet hitting in the morning. Uh, next after that, Hyla Santos. This is a tricky one, right? Because Aaron Blanchfield. I mean, obviously Aaron Blanchfield is the favorite. But I said, you know what? I'm going to chase these good odds. I'm going to win myself a little extra couple unis here. Okay. Because the reality is I do think she's the older, stronger, just more hungry lioness out there. Okay. Erin uh, Blanchfield, she hasn't been in, in that that lioness battle. She hasn't been in that dogfight just yet. So I think either she's going to earn her stripes and she's on path to do some historic stuff. Or I'm leaning towards Tyler Santos just being the better fighter at this stage in her career. I think she's going to take and run with it. The rematch against Alexa, potentially be the champ. I don't know if it's just because my mother's main name is Santos, but I'm rooting for the Santoses here. Let's go. Last but certainly not least for this uh, first leg, Anthony Smith, Lionheart, all these Lioness references. We got the other lion in the kingdom here. We got the apex, okay? Putting my heart on my sleeve. That's why I'm going with Anthony Smith here. Again, he does already have a win over Ryan, so I was surprised to see these odds, but I do think that Maybe they're looking at the age here. Maybe they're looking at Ryan Spann just being more of the hungry guy. But I'm going to chase this every time. I mean, if I'm getting plus odds with Anthony Smith Lionheart, I'm going to take it. So that completes uh, my three-leg bet parlay here on one hand. Uh, next, honestly, not really much of a, a big payout or anything crazy like that. I really just looked at who are the biggest favorites here. I usually I like my underdog bets, but I'm going to go with the, the Vegas faves here. And I'm going to parlay them all together. Because the reality is, Max by himself at 850, crazy. Winya Nakamura, well, win you, you better win me some money, and I'll win you some money as well. Um, I mean, just those odds are crazy to me. I'm chasing them all. JJ Aldrich, another name that I'm familiar with, a grizzled vet who's going to go in here in Sing- Singapore and uh, ruin the welcoming party here for Nan Leong. Uh, and then last but not least, Rolando Bedoya, like the name Rolando. Honestly, the next best odds here that I could find. And I just put them all together in a blender and thought, I'm going to you know, let Vegas uh, take me on the path here to turn one uni into two unis. And like the other bet, I guess the three leg would then be uh, one to win uh, six. So, you know, I like those odds. I'll take them. And these are my two live jive turkey picks for the week. Let me know what y'all think. JJ Smoke, let me know if I'm tripping. And Nolan, let me know your thoughts. I probably am tripping. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not I'm not hating on any of these bets this week. But with that being said, you know we got to jump into your boys right now. So we're jumping into the weekly anomaly here, a.k.a. my bets. Let's see how these turn out. Um, guys, let's, let's change the tone here. Let's change the mood. Let's change the vibe. All right. You know what? No, this is too fucking safe. Let's go. There we go. Yeah, this is better. This is better. I like it. Yep. So, all right, guys. As you can see here, the dogs are in the house. Okay, we are here. We are growling. We are rowdy, and we are ready to fucking go. Bernie Garcia, plus 550. That's dog odds, baby. You know we had to jump on that. Um, Bernie's coming in here against Henya Nakamura. 
Can you hand your victory over to Fernie Garcia for your boy? I think Fernie Garcia is uh, honestly just getting absolutely disrespected with how steep these lines are, guys. Um, I mean, I get it. I get it, okay? Fernie is 10-3. and three. Henya Nakamura, or Renya Nakamura, however you say his name, he is 7-0. and oh, A perfect, perfect career so far in the sport of mixed martial arts. But that being said, folks, I mean, can we just call a spade a spade here? He's only 7-0. and oh. He's not 14-0. He's not 20-0. He's not fucking Khabib here, 25-0. and oh. And, I mean, the two losses that Fernie's had, they're both to UFC fighters. Journey Newsom, Brady Highstand, winner of the Ultimate Fighter two seasons ago. I mean, these aren't scrubs that he's fighting, okay? Meanwhile, across from him in Renya Nakamura, I mean, this guy has had two, no, three UFC fights. If you count the road to UFC Singapore quarterfinals and Abu Dhabi semifinals as actual UFC fights, sure. Um, and don't get me wrong, getting a submission in one of those and a KO in the other, definitely solid. Both coming by way in round one, super duper solid. But come on, guys. Come on. He got a key lock submission. That's one of the most basic submissions you'll ever see in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and he was fighting lesser than opponents. Okay, again, let's call a spade a spade here. One of them was 11-4. and four, The other one was 10-4. and four. Neither of them was Fernie Garcia. Okay, um, Fernie Garcia, I think, is going to present a, a lot of threats here. And is this the one I'm most confident in? No. But I will talk about it as confidently as I fucking feel like, okay? Moving into the next one. We have one that I actually am very uh, confident in. Mr. Pacaporta, the name so nice, I bet it twice, folks. He is the dog in the yard. And uh, if you bet him every single fight he's had in the UFC, I didn't bother doing the math because it would have been hard. But boy, you'd be up a lot of units. That's a fact. You wouldn't be down any. Because every time he's a dog, for the most part, the guy pulls it off. And then they bet him as a favorite. And then, you know, he kind of shits the bet a little bit. But that's okay. We're betting him at dog odds. Plus 130. That's a moneymaker right there. Parker Porter coming in against Junior Taffa. The little Taffa. The little Taffa that could. Uh, in this case, it's going to be the little Taffa that couldn't. I think that he is going to end up winning a big L against Parker Porter. Uh, Parker Porter is just the better, well-rounded fighter. I don't think that Junior Taffa will be able to get a knockout on him in the first few minutes of the fight and that's when junior Taffa is the most dangerous parker porter should be able to wear him down with the grappling tire him out across the distance and grind his way to a decision win um now that leads us right into the next one because that wraps up the two bet parlay of the dogs and uh parker starting off the next parlay you already know why he's on the card so we'll jump right into mikhail oleksajic coming in against chitty unchukwani uh chitty unchukwani i'm actually a fan of however I don't think he stands a chance against Mikhail Oleksajic. Why do I feel that way? Mikhail Oleksajic's boxing is just going to prove to be too much for him. I think that he is better than him on the feet. I think that he is better than him on the ground. Um, and, I mean, he has a more favorable record. In my opinion, he's fought the bigger, better names in the division. Um, granted, like, you know, Sam Alvey isn't the greatest name in the world. But he knocked Sam Alvey out in a minute and 56 seconds. Uh, Sam Alvey has proven to last a lot longer than that against much bigger names. Uh, the only times that we've actually seen him really get outclassed were by Dustin Jacoby and by Chow Baralo. Chow Baralo is an absolute beast who is a rising star. And Dustin Jacoby is an ex-kickboxing phenom. 
Chidi Anjokwani is just not that guy. Chidi Anjokwani is coming off of two losses, one to Gregory Rodriguez, the other to Albert Duraev. Um, I simply think that Mikhail Oleksajic, Hussar, is going to be too much. He's going to overwhelm him with the pressure in the beginning of the fight, and that pressure is going to continue like a waterfall, just crackling down on his opponent, Chidi Anjokwani. Moving into the next one, Max Holloway. I don't care if he's minus 10,000. I'm putting him on the fucking parlay. Max Holloway is almost a lock as long as he's fighting somebody not named Dustin Poirier and or Alexander Volkanovsky. That's a fact. You could take it to the fucking bank. Chan Sung Jung always has a chance at doing anything, you know, like uh, getting a submission or even just landing a crazy straight shot down the pipe and knocking you out. But Max Holloway doesn't even get dropped, let alone knocked out. Folks, this should be fairly one-way traffic for Max Holloway and a retirement shortly after for at least one of the two gentlemen in the cage. Moving into the next one in the final leg of this parlay, we have Aaron Cold-Blooded Blanchfield, who should be able to come in here and get this done any way she wants over Tyler Santos. I do think that you're right saying that Tyler Santos might have been the straw that broke the camel's back that is Valentina Shevchenko's ego. However, Aaron Blanchfield is not Valentina Shevchenko. She's a child. She's young in her career. And boy, it's going to take a lot to break that camel's back. I don't know that Tyler's got it in her, and I sure as fuck hope she doesn't have it in her at 5 a.m. on Saturday morning because that is the final leg of the parlay, and I think that Aaron Blanchfield gets it done, son. Sheesh. Clapping here. Let's go. Got me fired up. Hey, man. Those aren't some bad picks. I, I like it. I'm doubling down on Pacaporta, double P there. Always, always double down on pocket boy. You know what I'm saying? Michael, Michael O. I don't want to try. I even don't even want to try his last name, but I do think Ola that Jacek. he has. Ola there we go. Had to hear it one time. Uh, he's got a good chance to beat our boy Chitty Chitty Bang Bang over there. I mean, he's he's another guy that I feel like has like no gas tank. I feel like that first, second round, it's just like and he fades, M man. Mikel's the opposite, bro. Mikel is literally like a fucking endless gas tank. And he just yeah. in that weight class, there's not a lot of guys that actually have a super good jab. Mikel's got a solid fucking jab, and he'll pepper you up with it for a fucking Yeah, he'll pepper you up. He'll pepper you up. Yeah, man, that's a fun one. This is gonna be a fun card. I can't wait to look. I uh, can't wait to wake up to it. Probably make my morning coffee. Uh, oh, JJ Smoke. JJ's on your team here. All right, JJ, Let's we go. see you. We see you. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, hey, you never know. We have I mean, actually been trading off though. Like you win one week, I win one week, you win one week. So there we go. I won I like this it. week. You won week before, so it's your turn to win. There we go. <laughs> we'll we'll see, man. Nothing's a guarantee. But I am excited to wake up, get my morning coffee, get my breakfast in, and uh, watch these fights. And just watch the fights. No replays, no commercials. Just gonna be well, I guess it is replay, but you know what I mean. Um, no commercials. Mary, if you're listening, uh, earmuffs, please. Cool. So I will be in, uh, I believe, Rome during the fights. So if you nice. could just message me on Instagram and let me know when the fights that we're hyped on start. So that way I can um, just, you know. I got you. Ha happen to happen to pull out my phone to check my phone at that time. Say uh, less. You know. And, and if we happen to be in the hotel, you. it might, might be a good time to uh, to take a nap or something. And, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, depending on what time, like, I don't know what time they would try to make it for Singapore. Like, if it's like a seven o'clock or something like that. Right. But whatever it is, local time there. You're probably pretty close to that. So if it's yeah seven o'clock, you might just be getting ready to 
go out for dinner and might be able to catch a couple fights. You know what I'm saying? A little pregame and just hang out in the hotel room or. So right now back. in Singapore, it is 12.32 p.m. And in Rome, it is 6.32 a.m. Mm, okay. Only six hours. That's not that bad. My town's going to be all fucked up anyways, man. I'm excited as hell. I know it. So I guess that's so I don't know what time it is in Singapore when the fights start. Let's go, Eric. The guy. The man. The myth. The legend. Appreciate you, brother. We'll tag team it. Hey, I'll keep you posted. Honestly, like... Because I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'll probably... I'll technically be catching it. I don't know if I'll wake up at five. Like, I, I'll probably wake up maybe seven or eight, best case, which will be like three hours after it's already have happened. But it's just a fight night, so I guess all the replays will be on ESPN, right? ESPN Plus, right after? Yeah. Yeah. But that'll already I mean, be an indicator. if you're indicator. Sean O'Malley, even if it's a pay-per-view, they're on ESPN Plus right after. That is, well, nah, that's only one. Or, or, uh, or on Twitter. True. Yeah, that was shit. wild. All over the socials, man. Did you see it? I guess it was on Snapchat. It was on ESPN, obviously. He did, he did call it out, which is fair. Uh, the ESPN well, I mean, how about John Anik? John Anik was like, uh, was it John Anik? Yeah, he said that his, he said uh, his daughter, daughter saw it on, on Snapchat. Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was really funny. He's like, my daughter doesn't even watch this kind of stuff. She's like, oh, that was crazy knockout from Sean O'Malley. <laughs> the wife, everybody, yeah, just seeing it all over, man. It it, it went into the uh, ESPN engine, and uh, again, he's gonna be a superstar, man. He are, he is what he says he is, a superstar. So it turns out, um, weed. And uh, crazy colored afros are the actual best base for mixed martial arts, even better than wrestling. Yeah, and and just be a uh, what is it called in chess when you're like a, be a grandmaster at spacing and range and counter punching and striking. I guess that's probably the other thing you got to do. There is homie said grandmaster, and all of a sudden I I suddenly need to go pack and watch the second episode of Ahsoka. Let's go. <laughs> Friendly reminder. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, with that being said, um, we appreciate you guys in the chat. Also, um, JJ. Shout out to you out for JJ not Smoke. being on my side. I'm just kidding. I love that you're on Jive Turkey's side. I love that you're honest. And uh, I hope to see you uh, whenever I get back from my trip, maybe like Thursday, Friday or something, if we're able to. You know, just to, to see if you're right and backing up the wrong guy here. Uh, either way, guys, all jokes aside, we appreciate you tuning in. Um, every episode, we love spending time with you guys. We love breaking down the fights, getting you excited with us as we get excited for the upcoming fights. And uh, again, we don't care who you are. We just care that you identify as a fan of mixed martial arts. So as I like to say, folks, um, keep on going. Keep on growing. And if you're new here, old here, returning, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, smash that bell for notifications. Make sure you give us a follow on the socials at MMA Anomaly on all the socials for me at Jive Turkey Talk for Nano here. Uh, and we will see you all next time. Until then, folks. Thanks again. 